Welcome to Inspiring Women with Lori McGraw. I am your host, Lori McGraw. I have spent the past 30 years in leadership, and over the years, I've come to learn one thing. Women need women, and not just any women, but inspiring women. Tune in every week to hear from women at the pinnacle of their careers and from others who are just starting out. Episodes can be found at inspiringwomen.show or subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Thanks for listening, and I hope you will be inspired. On today's episode of Inspiring Women, we are speaking with Dr. Monica Bolbjerg, and she is an urgent care physician. She is a doctor, an entrepreneur, and a digital health pioneer. She is also currently the chairman, CEO, and founder of Cure for You. Now, Cure for You is a telehealth and remote patient monitoring company in Central uh, Florida. She is building a community there. Dr. Bolbjerg is um, someone who is as an innovator. When she founded Cure for You in 2013, she did that having already won multiple innovation awards and is recognized as uh, and a featured speaker at many health innovation think tanks and conferences. I'm really looking forward to this inspiring women conversation and Dr. Bolbjerg, very good to be speaking to you today. Very nice. Let's just be speaking as well and then thanks for inviting me. All right. Well, let's get started. As I always get started, Monica, on these conversations, I like to talk about what are you doing right now in your professional career? What does your day-to-day look like? Yeah. Well, right now in these days, I'm preparing a board meeting uh, for next week. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but it's actually very exciting. I mean, we, we have a lot of opportunities in our company right now. Um, there's so many exciting things happening in this industry with virtual care and so on. So, um, it's going to be um, more like a strategy session next week. So I'm really looking forward to that so kind of kicking off um, the second half of the year. Well, I want to talk about your company, Cure for You. But before we even get into that, I want to start with sort of the personal story of how you got here. You did your undergraduate and uh, medical work in Denmark. You were a practicing physician there. You moved your company and your business over to the United States. You also were early in the work of digital health, starting the first patient portal in Denmark many years ago. And so just how did that journey happen from practicing physician to innovator to entrepreneur to now leading a growing company? Yeah, no, I mean, there was a a lot of factors, of course. Um, Most importantly, I think was um, two things. Uh, When I came out as a a young physician, I I got really frustrated about the lack of tools for me to interact with my patients when we're not together. So I met a lot of patients that had not been treated well because they just couldn't get back in touch with their doctor or they misunderstood what was going on. Um, And at the same time, I felt like I needed to stay connected with my patients, but I didn't really know how. Also, I got really frustrated with like the workflows in a hospital and and in healthcare. I think it was just like not efficient. So I was um, doing my PhD and they put me in the basement in, in the Copenhagen University Hospital. And I got a little bored about this lab work and then I got, came up with this idea. And so that's kind of like how it all started. I said like, hey, called my husband and said like, I think I'm quitting my job. And 
<laughs> I think I'm going to create this thing where patients and doctors can interact. And there was no word for it, but it was it was a patient portal we created back in 2001. And when you did that, did you do that? Um, did you do that on your own? Did you do that? You founded the, your Cure for You yeah. company with your husband. Did you do that yeah. early, early thing with your husband as well? Yes, I somehow crazily got him to quit his job as well. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we, just, <laughs> we, we had just uh, bought a house and had two little kids, but I was like, ah, oh, we can do this. It's much more fun. So, and he, he was like, yeah, let's do it. So that's, that's how it all started. So I was working still, I guess, an urgent care physician, a lot in Norway, um, because you could make more money in Norway and that was more flexible for me. Um, and that's how we founded um, our first company in Denmark. Um, and it really took off quickly. We had 30% of the population using our tools within two or three years. So um, it was a lot of fun. Well, it also, I mean, in the rear view mirror, it sounds sort of like romantic and, and perfect, but I imagine it was, I mean, quitting your job with two small kids at <laughs> home. My goodness, you had to have a lot of confidence in what you were doing, particularly when patient portals weren't on something that was well um, established at that point. That's just incredible. So how did you convince your husband? I'm, I'm just baffled here. Yeah, I know. I mean, um, he's always been great in kind of supporting me with my ideas and so on. So, and, and back, and I mean, looking back, it was crazy, right? There was no internet. We had modem. The doctors didn't have internet. So we first need to convince them to get a modem to get some kind of internet. And then they could use our tools. But I, I think we were also very lucky. That was, it was a really good timing at that point. Um, the government also came out with some payment models that kind of supported secure messaging with patients. Um, so the timing was right as well for us. Well, you know, for physicians being frustrated with particular workflows, I mean, this is not a new story, but the angle on this that is new is actually doing something as perhaps adventurous, maybe crazy, but, you know, in hindsight, obviously exceptional. So, so what do you think is different about you um, in terms of why you have that drive to take the next step from taking a frustrating workflow and then creating something from a technology perspective and and, I mean, your background, as I understand it, is in medicine, not necessarily technology. So how did that connection and leap happen? I mean, I think two things. A lot from my parents. Both my parents are surgeons. My dad has always supported me, even though I'm a, I'm a woman, to be like, you can do whatever you want to do. So I have a lot of confidence <laughs> from early on in my life. Um, and my mom the same, but my mom inspired me in another way. She's very innovative, entrepreneurial. She, she never started anything herself, but she was always seeing things coming. And she actually inspired me in that way. She was she built her own website with online scheduling in 1999, and wow. um, for her practice. Um, so I I think I was just like raised in a way that you can kind of do it if you want to do it. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. Wasn't afraid. But I would also say, I mean, think in Denmark, you have a lot of support around you. I mean, if you fail, you can always go out and find a job. Somebody will help you. I mean, the, that piece helped a little bit as well, of course, that I wasn't afraid if, if it failed, I could always go back to be a doctor and get my job back. 
<laughs> go back to be a doctor. Oh, gee. Well, so, so you're starting with, you know, family support and, you know, you have people that you look up to in terms of parents who, who sort of inspired you. And then you also have a safety net, which is um, also, I think, very interesting, right? In terms of yeah. being able to have the courage to do something, but knowing that, you know, you also, if it doesn't work out, there's something else to go to, but then you picked up and you moved to the United States. So after that success in Denmark with the patient portal, you moved to the US to then begin further innovative companies with Cure for You. So how did that evolve and what was the um, what was the impetus for that? Well, I, we got to a point where we could not grow anymore in Denmark. I mean, uh, the population is small. Um, we had 30% of the population using it already. And I, w- I wanted to do more. Um, and at the same time, it, the even though Denmark was far ahead of everywhere else early on, uh, the payment model never changed and, and they never moved on from the patient portal really. So I was looking for somewhere else where um, you could be innovative, where there was a lot of potential, a lot of high growth, a lot of uh, big population. Um, so we actually, we moved to France, tried there and that didn't work. Then we moved to London tried the UK. Um, we were That was not good timing with the payment models over there. And they were like, okay, let's go to the US. So that's how, kind of like how we ended up over here. Okay. And so you're in Florida. Do you, have you always been in Florida? Yeah. And that was also a little bit by accident. We landed here. Um, we had our two kids played a lot of tennis. So there's a volunteer academies in our area. So that's where we started. And when we were here, I was like, oh, there's a lot of doctors around here. So let's start here. <laughs> but, then we, but I really, really, we really like this area. So we kind of stayed here. Well, great. So let's talk about the current company, Cure for You. So mm-hmm. how, did, how did that begin? And I also wanted to get a sense for your building. What I understand is kind of a tech center community in Central Florida. And so I'm interested in the community that you have around you as well in that geography. Yeah. So we moved to the U.S. and then we were kind of like looking since we had tried in two other countries, we knew there was it was a big investment to start up in another country. Um, so we spent a couple of years building the network, finding out how to do it over here. And then we, um, I was traveling with McKinsey and company. I was uh, speaking in Dubai and met another U.S. company at that point that introduced me to Athena Health. So that's how it kind of like we we're like, okay, partnership with Athena Health. That that's a world we know. We always integrate with EHRs. Um, and and build upon those relationships. So that's kind of like what kicked us off here in the U.S. And um, we got off, we raised our first round in um, 17. And since we really like this area here, I'm really working to kind of like find local talent, attract people to this area because there's so much potential here. And, and especially after last year where people kind of like realized that they didn't have to stay in the big cities. A lot of people are kind of like willing to move to this area. So I'm I'm thinking we can build something around, especially around women in tech. I'm hoping to build something here in this area and kind of like get that kicked off. Well, I I hope you're wildly successful with that. There need to be more women in tech. But as you started your company, as you started to um, 
get settled in Florida and you're building Cure for You, did you find as a female founder leader, and I don't need to tell you, but there aren't enough of you, but when I talk to other female founders and, and CEOs, they either, you know, sort of fall into a category of, well, I didn't really know that I was the only one. I just sort of had a vision or I was very purposefully aware that I was, you know, one of you and it was important for me to build a community. Do either one of those um, sort of areas sort of represent you or how do you think about being that female leader and what you need to build a successful company? So I have actually never really thought about the difference between men and women, like kind of in my career and thought about me as a woman. I've more focused on being good at what I'm doing. I look at it as, um, but there's more difference between men and women here in the U.S. than there is in Denmark, be more equal. So, but I actually think that you can turn it around to be um, an advantage because people listen more to you. Um, They see you more than all these men. So for me, it has never been a disadvantage. I think uh, you as a woman need to have confidence. And if you have confidence, you can do whatever you want to do. Uh, and that, that's the thing I think a lot of women lack is the confidence and, and standing strong on your beliefs uh, and not being afraid of taking some of those discussions with the men. Uh, because sometimes men can be a little loud uh, in their approach if they want to get their opinion through, whereas women tend to then stand back. And I think you, if you just stand up and talk about your belief and, and feel good about that, um, you can do whatever you want to do as a woman. Well, you also um, come with a level of confidence. You come with, you know, an unbelievable degree as a physician. So you're walking in with those things, but you also recognize that, you know, so I agree with you and it's very encouraging to hear your comment that, you know, you don't necessarily see it as different or a struggle, but just as, you know, something that you can own and control. That's encouraging, Mm -hmm. but you, with your confidence and having grown up with that, with uh, with a family that was very supportive and had expectations, you see women who perhaps don't have that. So how how do you, you know, in building out your community of women in tech, how do you help women or what do you think women can do to have more confidence? Is it just get over it kind of thing? (laughs) What what do you see and what do you suggest? Well, I, I, I do a lot of mentorship and kind of like telling women to kind of like find that confidence, but also build their career. Like make sure you, I mean, men do this, right? They, they take the right degrees, they take the right courses, they build their career. It doesn't come by itself. But I think there's also some support that needs to happen around women, um, especially around moms. Um, and so that's something that is really important for me to do in our company. And I actually look at it as something that uh, we use to attract talent. I always tell every uh, woman that, that I'm interviewing that, we will, it will never be a disadvantage to have children in my company. On the contrary, I love hiring moms. I feel like we're much more efficient. <laughs> um, you learn to multitask, etc. And if you just give those women the safety net to and the knowledge that if they have something to do with their kids, they can do that and just catch up later, you can really get them going. And um, so that's some of those things I'm doing. Well, I think that's fantastic. And actually, that's very accessible um, advice. I think safety net is very important. Having a supportive environment in the workplace, and in particular, women as mothers, often young mothers, 
this pandemic has taken a toll and this is, you know, studied, this is, this has been difficult on so many, but for women who are trying to advance their professional careers, younger mothers have taken more of a hit. So how, how does that work at Cure for You in terms of just, you know, creating that safety net? Is it by example, during the pandemic, you with your children, how did you sort of lead through that show and what did, what happened within your company? Yeah, I mean, we have, so my husband and I have four kids together. Four? Um, and we, oh yeah. my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> so two older ones and two young ones. Um, so we kind of made it in two sets, but we've always shared everything. Um, and I think that's a good example as well. So during the pandemic, it was actually my husband that stayed home and worked from home and me who went to the office uh, and not vice versa. So that's one example I think is important here. Um, other things we do is to let people know, well, if you have a child um, that is coughing, maybe not very sick, whatever it is, take care of that child, work from home. We also now we're moving into new offices. We're putting it in a room where like kind of a playroom. So if you need to pick up your kid early and there's something you need to do, bring the kid and put it in that playroom and let them have fun. Um, and I think just looking at that as a, as a family, we all take care of each other and we help each other. Um, it drives everything forward. And it also creates a culture, right? I mean, the the workplace environments are changing. That is absolutely, you know, as we all re-enter into the workforce or return to office and whatever that might mean um, for your companies, people are looking and expecting different environments. So that just sounds fantastic. And boy, that just also sounds like a lot to juggle. Now, your company is focused on telemedicine and remote patient monitoring. And during the course of the pandemic, that has nothing but exploded in in terms of you know use and utilization. What's happening with Cure for You? What are you seeing out there in the um, healthcare ecosystem? Yeah, so and we had to do even more than that. We kind of like the entire patient journey, like from intake to telehealth to secure messaging to online scheduling, whatever it is that you need to interact with patient and physicians are not together. That's our technology, and so. What is happening now in this industry is that before people were looking at point solutions, I need telehealth, I need online scheduling, I need secure messaging. Now, everybody realized they need a platform. So we are actually doing a lot of kind of like strategy with our customers about how do you implement a platform so that you have all the tools you need and you can now build on top of that because there's a lot of innovation happening now every day. Um, and everybody's kind of like building on that patient engagement, virtual care. How do we interact with our patients? How do we get more data to flow between patients and doctors so that we can improve the care of our patients? So next phase now is very clinical. It's the remote patient monitoring. It's getting the data when the patient is at home. And how do we then optimize the treatment plans we set for our patients? How do we optimize communication with our patients so that they don't have to come back and to the office all the time. And how do you integrate it into the workflows of the physician, which are also like changing all the time. There's Mm -hmm. so much innovation that Mm -hmm. is happening um, out there right now. So that just says to me that the pace of work and the pace of innovation within the company is, has to be at a, you know, I'll just call it an accelerated or high, high rate 
something um, for growing companies, you know, is the raising of capital and the how to continue the growth. And you talked about founding the company and raising seed capital. What are your experiences there? It is, uh, again, the amount of dollars that are going to female founders and female CEOs is significantly less. And that's in part due to um, there's just not enough people like you, perhaps, you know, to, to uh, close that gender um, equality gap there. But how did you approach raising capital? Do you see it as anything different? Or is it just, you know, you have a process that you work through? I'm curious as to your advice there. Well, first of all, I have a really good CFO, which is my husband, <laughs> so <laughs> which is helpful. And so for, for me, I've been lucky working with him every always because we are a team. But again, I think coming as a woman actually can open up the doors and because it's kind of different. Um, and maybe you they listen a little more uh, just to see who's this. And so it can kind of get you in the door. There's a lot of like kind of like our coming up angel funds or funds just for women, etc. Like kind of like, and we had a, a board member, member that sent us a lot of those over. I mean, we looked at that. I didn't feel it was very interesting because a lot of those funds out there that are focusing on women are not handing out a lot of money and, and are looking at industries and things that are, for me, it was actually a little discriminating. It was kind of like, oh, I'm setting up a baby shop or I'm setting up something for pets. And <laughs> it's like, that's not what all women are doing, right? So we didn't go for those funds at all. Uh, we actually went completely after the hardcore, the, the best of the best out there. And again, like with everything else I've done, I haven't really thought about being a woman, but it did open some doors. Well, and you also have clear ideas of what you are doing um, with your company. So one of the things is that now not everyone can have a, a CFO be their husband, but that speaks to perhaps, you know, I, I might assume a trusted relationship. Um, so maybe get, speak a little bit more about that in terms of the teamwork that you have with your husband CFO and how that's helpful for building out your vision and your plan for your company. Yeah, I mean, first of all, I will say if you cannot, if you don't work with your husband, I think you can still be successful. Just make sure you you surround yourself with really good people that can support you. So we have a great chief growth officer, a great chief customer officer, and so so we have a team around me that supports me. But absolutely helps to work with your husband, or at least make sure you have somebody who can support you because you come home and, and at night being able to talk and discuss some other things and have, make sure that the people that support you understand what you're doing, I think is very helpful. For me and my husband working together, we've been lucky because I'm the physician, I'm the visionary, I'm the product uh, sales person, and he is the, he, he's an accountant and MBA. So he's doing all the other things that I find is boring. <laughs> so we complement <laughs> each other really, really well. Yeah, you've got a great partnership, but you've also surrounded yourself with a strong team. This has yeah. been really terrific in terms of the conversation. I just appreciate it so much. As we close out here on Inspiring Women, do you have any last sort of like thoughts or closing advice you might give to younger women who are starting out who, like you, might be innovative or entrepreneurs? Any last thoughts? I think it's important if you don't have the support from home or in your kind of like personal life, go find yourself a, a mentor, uh, a woman that has been successful, 
um, can help you a lot. Just being like that sounding board, um, I think that's something that I would do if I didn't have it from home, at home. Well, this has been just terrific. I so appreciate this conversation. We have been speaking on Inspiring Women with Dr. Monica Bolgerg, and thank you so much. Thank you. This has been an episode of Inspiring Women with Lori McGraw. Please subscribe, rate, and review. We are produced by Kate Cruz at Executive Podcast Solutions. More episodes can be found on inspiringwomen.show. I am Lori McGraw, and thank you for listening.